0: So as you can tell, these are your new sisters in Christ. How wonderful. Seven of them were baptized into Christ on Wednesday, and Jim and Shirley Dark were there to, to celebrate in this. And of those seven, three of them um, were are specifically on the Friday studies, and so I want to introduce them to you by name. Uh, this is Maria Combs, and she's been with us for about three months in our studies now, close to three months, and I know that for the last probably two, almost three months, she was trying to um, request being baptized, and so we we're glad that she was able to to have that opportunity to die with our Savior on Wednesday morning. This is Megan Jurgens, and I'm telling you what, she is just the cutest young lady that you want to meet. Her smile is infectious, and she has been begging to be baptized into Christ um, to to have a brand-new life in Jesus, and so... you expression says it all uh, with her. And this is uh, Francisca Urbina. And she just came to us in the middle of our studies um, this quarter toward the beginning, but continue on. And she is good friends with uh, Maria Combs. And so she decided she wanted to be joined into the body of Christ as well. So these are your new sisters in Christ. I want you to to get to know these faces because They may be with us someday, you know, Lord willing. Not sure what their lives hold um, beyond um, CDC. One thing I also want to mention to you is that um, close friend of Trish's, her name is Angela. She um, has also requested to be baptized into Christ. She is going to be going to the federal penitentiary in January some point. I have a letter I'm going to read to you at the end of the the sermon or toward the end of the sermon because it goes with what we're talking about with with this lesson. But I want you to know that, that your prayers, brethren, mean everything to your brothers and sisters in Christ who go on Sundays and who go on Fridays to give our lives to these ladies because these neighbors of ours, they need hope. And a hope is not in us. It's in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in our Lord and our Savior who gives us eternal hope. So you consider those things, and this is the fruit that you are participating in through your prayers and through your time and energy for your letters when you write to these ladies. Um, just it means so very much to us. So this morning, and this is, this is one of those lessons that it has, it's no string of thoughts or anything, it's just separate, it's on its own. Um, and next week we begin a series of sermons dealing with the family lord willing all the stuff are going to be mailed in and we should get it either tomorrow or tuesday so if you want to pass out the cards the postcards have been mailed through different parts of the city here Um, they should be getting it between monday and friday some of you may be in the zip code area where you'll get those postcards Um, but that said We'll have about four or five hundred of them on the table this week. And so if you get them, pass them out to your neighbors. Bring them. The series is focused on the fact that we are not perfect families. I know that's a no-brainer for you to understand. But sometimes we may try to portray ourselves as being perfect or everything looks good. And we all have various struggles. No matter what family we live in, we all have our own uh, things that we need to work through. And so... That's what this, this series' lesson is going to deal with. So today, just a lesson all on its own. And I want us to consider these things in light of the fact that if we have God in our lives, it should be reflected in the way we live here on earth. So Dan just read for us out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 20. I'm going to read it one more time. How many of you uh, saw the new version of Karate Karate Kid new version like i forgot what uh, something willis is the actor and he's got a son and daughter anyway the son is in the karate kid and anyway there's a line it says your focus needs more focus (laughs) and that's what we need when we when we know the truths of god's word sometimes you know it and you gloss over and you're not focused and that's the whole point of us looking at philippians chapter three verses 17 through 20. I'm going to reread that and see if we can gain some focus on what was being said because it's got to translate into the way we live. So again, Paul tells the brethren at Philippi, he says, brethren, join in following my example. Now focus in on Paul's example because he was left for dead. He had been stoned and shipwrecked. He had been persecuted in ways None of us would dare desire. I don't think he desired any of it. But his example was that of following Jesus Christ. And so he says, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk. I want you to look at those who are walking this walk. Focus, because that's your example of living today. He says in verse 18, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Going on in the reading, he says, This Jesus Christ will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed into his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage. Did you focus in on those words? Our citizenship is not... Here on this earth where the flesh is. It's in heaven. It's where the spirit. It's where God. It's where Jesus himself is. This is our citizenship. This is where we belong. And our lives should reflect it. And so he says, note our examples. Contrast that to those who walk the manner of shame. And so, as that phrase I love that phrase in fact I don't remember what it was until I had to look it up on YouTube but um, Mr. Han not Mr. Miyagi that's the old karate kid Mr. Han is taking that boy and putting him next to the water and saying your focus needs more focus I want you to think about this contrast between these two points you see I believe all of God's people know mentally know from reading the scriptures know it from Bible study know it academically that heaven is the Is the place for us. We want it. We desire it. And so we have it right here. And sometimes it's not right over here. It's back there in the back of our mind. And so we know these truths. But we may not have a central focus on them. Because if we had it on the front of our minds. It would translate into the way you walk. It would show up in your daily life. So while all God's people know mentally that heaven is our dwelling, not all of God's people live, practically speaking, with this mindset of a heavenly citizenship. You see? And that is why in the kingdom of God, at some point when judgment takes place, there's a judgment that says the wheat and the chaff are going to be separated. Judgment is going to take place. The world's lost. The world has no desire for our Lord. But there are those who come into the kingdom of our Lord that never get converted to Jesus Christ. Like, you stop and think about that. You may do all the right things, but your mind and your heart is not set on heaven. And it is for that reason the apostle says, I want you to focus on this heavenly citizenship. Note those who walk this way. Follow that example of those who whose citizenship is this way now the reason why I share that is because it's not just here in this country but this is where we live and where we live we are too comfortable life is very easy here now that said let me just be very clear life is very easy here does not mean that life is easy period we all have our trials we all have our struggles But the average person that that is in this room has comfortable lives. And I say that relative to 99% that live in this world. So when you think about these comfortable lives, lives are about things, about activities, and about work. And none of these things are necessarily wrong in themselves. The things that you may do may not be Bad, wicked, evil things. But it's all about here. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, he says, brethren, do not lay up for yourself treasures here on earth. All of these things decay, they're destroyed. He says, in contrast, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. None of these things can be destroyed. So in making that contrast are those who are focused on the earth, and that's where the treasure is. It's as if I don't want to die because I love this life so much. Then our focus needs refocusing. We don't understand the the true picture of what life is like here in this world. If, If your life is so good and comfortable, I want you to come spend some time with those whose lives aren't. For all that, in fact, I thought about putting this on. um, There's a video clip. For all that you might know about and disagree with, with the teachings of Francis Chan, there's a great video that he has with his wife. They recently celebrated their 20th wedding anniversary. And instead of them going out where it's them celebrating their own lives, it's about them going out to the red light district in East Africa. Now, if you know anything about the red light district in East Africa, you have bedrooms. Excuse me, parents. I'm being very discreet when I share these things. Rooms that are no larger than a small bed. And if you know anything about the red light district, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Many of these women have their lives given over for a dollar a person. And their children are under the bed while this is going on. Their lives are hopeless. And here are individuals going to try and help these women get out of that lifestyle and show them the hope that is found. That's their intention. That's their desire. You see, it's not about earthly dwelling. The mind is, how can we serve the Lord? How can we go about and help, help others? And, and let me just add this. In Revelation chapter 3, remember the church at Sardis? The church at Sardis says, uh, Jesus was saying, I know your works, that you think you have a name. I want to read that passage in Revelation chapter 3, and we'll come back to Philippians. But I want you to get this because, remember, their own perception of themselves was very different than what Jesus had for them. He says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive you're dead be watchful strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die for I have not found your works perfect before God the church at Sardis like a number of other congregations at the time had wealth had things and they got comfortable and there are a lot of churches today brethren think about this of here this building as far as where we come together and all the activities that are involved, not just in the building, but outside as well. But think about typical congregations that you are familiar with. None of it may be wrong in and of itself, and it may be very encouraging, very uplifting. I mean, who doesn't like getting together with your brethren, being goofy like last night, (laughs) or celebrating our potlucks that we get together every month. I mean, those are wonderful times where we uplift each other. They're very important for us to strengthen each other. It's more than just the four walls here, I and mean, I've said that many times. But for so many congregations, the church is nothing more than a social club. We get together, we build each other up, we have great friendships, but it's just that. Where's the actual work that goes on within the body of Christ? Those are the things that that, um, Phil was talking about in the announcements and in the prayer. The work that we would be engaged in individually, as he says. And so we got some that are very comfortable. And, And let me just say this. Let's just say this church here at Franklin starts having many more of these seats filled up. But it's filled up because the church at West Main or at Parkway or at some other congregation in the Franklin area goes belly up. And so we get brethren to come here. Guess what? Our numbers go up in this room, doesn't it? But that does, it, does that mean that citizenship of, of God's kingdom has grown? And sometimes we believe in that lie. It's encouraging. When you have more numbers, it is encouraging. But we get into the mentality like, oh, the church is now really, it's really picking up. It's growing, and how wonderful. And look, everyone, we're growing. That's a lie. It's growing. The kingdom of our God is growing when souls are added to it, not shifting from building to building. Please don't buy into that lie. we get a social club mentality. And I mean that with with as much respect as I can when I say social club, because that's really what happens in many churches. Come join our social club. We don't say it that way. But we get comfortable with everything that is on the inside. And on the outside, it's all dark. It's messy. It's wicked. Those are the lives Jesus Christ has entrusted us with the gospel of Jesus to go. And so when we get our focus retrained, we can see, okay, now I understand. Here is a time where we get to worship our God. We get to stir each other up, encourage one another. So when we get outside of these walls and we meet our neighbors, the work really has begun. So there's a time and place for us to strengthen each other. And there are places where in which we need to be out reaching, seeking, saving the lost. And so... When our, our focus then is refocused and we have our focus on heaven, here's what it looks like. We have not this, oh, I love this world and everything in it mentality. We have what's called a pilgrim mentality. This world, temporary. The place that I have, citizenship here, yes, I'm a United States citizen or a citizen of the United States. And I, at physical, Speaking, I have my responsibilities within this citizenship, but ultimately I know where I truly belong. It's not here in the U.S. It's in the Lord's kingdom. Now, please do not mistake me. When I say it's truly in the kingdom of our Lord, I'm going to reiterate what I just said a few seconds ago so you don't misunderstand. We live in this country. We're citizens of this country. I don't care if you live in Canada. You're citizens in Canada. You're someplace in Africa or South America. You're a citizen somewhere And you have responsibilities to that that citizenship that you have. Next year, Lord willing, in February, I'll be going to Haiti. I'm going to be under their laws. And if I cross into the Dominican Republic, I'll be under their laws. But I'm still a citizen of the United States. And with that mentality, I want to represent myself as a U.S. citizen while in another country, in a foreign land. You see, you represent yourselves as citizens of the kingdom of God Living in a foreign land. That foreign land is, in this case, your case, USA. How do you present yourself? I want you to look at Hebrews 11. See, this passage of Scripture in Hebrews 11 is talking about all these people from centuries and centuries and centuries ago. And here are these individuals who, when living their lives, lived it like true foreigners. Right? Right? In Hebrews 11, I'm going to pick, pick up um, in verse, <coughs> excuse me, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to the place with which he received, or which he would receive as an inheritance. So he's called out of Haran. He goes to what, what people are now refer to as Palestine. and He went to that, what was the promised land, and he lived there. But he lived there not having received the promise. He lived there as a foreigner. That's how he was received when he was there. Abimelech and all the other leaders treat him like a foreigner. He felt like he was a foreigner. But this was a land that was promised. And so he goes and he lives by faith in this way. And then there's other examples of such faith. Notice we fast forward. After the example of Abraham and Sarah... It says in verse 13, and then we're going to have more examples of those who live this way. He says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Think about it. The Hebrew writer wants Christians to know... This world is not our home. We're just passing through. I think that's a song that we sing from time to time. And that's our mentality. If our mindset is focused on heaven, if our citizenship that we can view afar off, practically speaking, is reflected in our daily lives, that's what it looks like. And so as we continue in our walk with the Lord, you should begin to see evidence in your walk. You should see a growth, if you will, in that the more and more you love your Lord and and you're striving to give him all of your life, the more foreign you look. I'll give you an example. When I came from Hawaii to the mainland, everyone looked at me as a foreigner. I was a U.S. citizen, but people said, are you from Mexico? Mexico. I get that all the time when I was in Nebraska. I was a lot darker skin, not as white cuz I've been in the mainland 20 something years, now almost 30 years. But I remember that question over and over. After being gone from Hawaii for so many years, now I go back home and they're like, "Yeah, man, you're on Hawaii now. White man. You're I'm a foreigner from a place where I grew up in now." <laughs> and so it's it's that way when you when you live far enough along long enough away from that homeland you begin to look like a foreigner even from where you were raised this world looks more foreign to you and you more foreign to this world the more you long for heaven see those who get comfortable assimilate into the world but those whose lives are this is just a pilgrimage you look so drastically different and when I say drastically different, you have two major reactions and everything in between. On the one hand, and I'm going to get, get to this later on here in this statement here in 1 Peter 2, on the one hand, you're going to have people that absolutely despise your change. They'll hate you for it. They'll tease you. They'll mock you. They'll almost shame you into going back into the world. That's what tried... Against me I got mocked and shamed By my own friends It happened for years Part of the reason why I never went back to Hawaii But you see There's another reaction Not only are there those who Will hate you and mock you and there, There's others that are indifferent and what have you But then there are those on this other end That look at you See this huge Transformational change In your life And they're like, I want what you have. You see, to one, you are an aroma of death. And to the other, you are an aroma of life. You think about that. Because your citizenship is so clearly defined that you are a a citizen of the kingdom of God. There are going to be those that hate you, and there are going to be those that love you and love the Lord. And want to have a relationship with the Lord. And they see your example. They see your walk. And they want a part of it. In 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to read. (coughs) uh, With me. Verses 11 and 12. (coughs) He says to the saints. He says in verse 11. He says beloved I beg you as sojourners. I beg you as pilgrims. Live this way abstain from the flesh abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul your soul having your conduct honorable among the gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers they may by your good works which they observe they may glorify god in the day of visitation in other words in the day of judgment they will have been eyewitness to you and your citizenship that it didn't belong here in this world. As far as they're concerned, you look like a foreigner. You look like a stranger. They hated you. They mocked you. And on the day of judgment, that will be testimony against them. That's God saying this through Peter. But if you're living according to the way of the world and your focus is not on heaven, they're going to go, oh, man. (laughs) Let's buddy up. You'll not bring them to Christ. Because your citizenship looks like it's here in this world, and there's no change for them. There's no desire for change. There's no knowledge for change. But when your desire is on heaven, then you have a pilgrim mentality here on earth. That is why you can, by faith, not with arrogance, not with superiority, but with faith and confidence in Jesus Christ, you can say, Lord here I am, I'm ready to go and be with you. You can say it and mean it. And I want you to say it. I want you to mean it from the bottom of your heart. When when the Lord calls you, you're not going to say, hey, wait a second, I want a few more days with my family. I want a few more days with my friends. I want a few more days of whatever activity that is just amazingly pleasurable for my flesh. I want you, Lord. That's what will be said. So with that in mind then, here's the result. Here's the result of what happens when your focus is on heaven. You're not weighed down anymore. You're not weighed down with, with sin. You see, the more and more this earth belongs to you, think about how it traps you, how money becomes your God, work becomes your God, activities become your God. That's what happens when sin weighs you down. And it affects your mind. It affects your lifestyle. It it affects every choice that you make. Hebrews chapter 12, right after he was saying, remember, he says, these people were looking for that heavenly country. That's where their focus is. In Hebrews 12, he goes on to say this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, if you're focused on Jesus, look at where he's at. That's your citizenship. That's where it belongs. And when you live that way, you're not weighed down. You're not, you know, if, if, if a tornado came and, and brought through everything, what was it that, that you don't care about? And what was it that you do care about? Most people say pictures. Those memories mean so much. Like all these things are stuff. Some people say this is just stuff. There's a lot of people going, oh, those stuff. Where's your focus, way down. You need to be like that race, that guy who runs the race, and he's not weighed down with all kinds of stuff on him. He's, he's like a marathon runner. He's got the bare minimal, so he can run the course well. Our desires then are not on the flesh; it's on the spirit of God. Remember, for those that were in our Bible study this morning, we were studying in the first eleven verses of Romans chapter eight. If your focus is on heaven Then guess what Your desire is on the spirit of God One of the things that I've shared with you from time past And I see the same thing in Dane as it is in me Because I grew up I told you one of my addictions growing up Was the arcade games And so I would steal money, 25 cents All those quarters from my mom's money jar Take them, go to the Ice cream parlor and Spend it all on arcade games. Fast forward. The reason why I don't play much in the web video games is I know that's my thing. Dane is just like me. Where are you, Dane? I see Levi. Where's Dane? Uh, you're hiding from me. Here. <laughs> Look, everyone's pointing to Dane, but there, there you are. No, I don't, no, he's hiding. I can't even see him. I just see Tucker and Jacob. All right. So Dane knows. And I call him out on it's because this is my weakness. And I, he looks like me. He acts like me. To a T. The good and the bad. And so, you know, you get weighed down when you just, your mind is only on that. It can only be on books. It can only be on TV shows. It can only be on your earphones. It can only be on whatever device. It can only be on your jobs. I mean, whatever it is, you get weighed down. Refocus your Your citizenship. If it's focused on the Spirit of God, it looks very different than the way of the world. Finally, our focus is outward. If it's on the Spirit of God and it's on Jesus Christ, how did Jesus live? Was it everything about Him? Was it always about others? Was it always to glorify God? Was it always to serve His neighbor? There's a difference. Because your citizenship is in heaven. All you're doing is you're giving of yourself, giving of yourself, giving of yourself. And it will wear a toll on your body. And one day, this body's going to be put off with the man of sin, the man of decay. And it's going to put on immortality. It's going to put on power. And you'll never get tired. But the work will have been done. Imagine how refreshing that would be. You keep going. You keep working. John 13, when Jesus was done washing the feet of his disciples... He says, now you go and do likewise. And he was not talking about washing feet. He was talking about serving. As I have done to you, now you go and do. And that's exactly how we are when we go out into the world. Let the world know who Jesus Christ is, right? Go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature in in heaven, uh, on earth, excuse me. Baptizing the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and I will be with you. Now you go, go reach your neighbors. You know, if if evangelism was nothing more than just okay, tell them what to do to become Christians, I bet the burden would be so great, and all the reasons for you saying, "Well, I don't know if I can do this or do that one," but when you have a citizenship that is in heaven, you're saying, "That soul." desperately needs jesus and i want to talk to him about him that's your focus because you want them to be saved the way god has saved you that's a very different mindset than if it's focused on here in this world and it's all about me and all about my life rather than about serving my god and my neighbor and so if that's the result here's the consequence the consequence is As I've mentioned earlier The world's going to hate you Jesus said If the world hated you Know that it hated me first In fact John's the only one That deals with hate By the way When it comes to the world He says it in the gospel of John And he does it in in his letters In first John I want you to look at What he says here in John 15 Because This is so true And as I say You can bank on it This is what's going to happen When you live To the glory of God At some point you will be hated because the world hates darkness. I mean, excuse me, the world of darkness hates light. Excuse me. And so look at what he says here in John 15, picking up in verse 18. (coughs) Excuse me. John 15, it says here in verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. The apostle Paul says, join in following my example. And his example was follow Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was persecuted because this world was not his home. He told people like it is. He said, "You're lost." But Jesus gave them hope too. The ones that that he spoke very tenderly to were those who were searching. Those that he was harsh and condemning toward, who rejected God, including the religious of the Jews, he scathed. He was hated by the religious. Because they did not have a genuine relationship with God. Now, I want to add this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 following, verses 12 through 17, talks about persecution again. Similar to John, John 15, 18. And in the text, Peter says to his brethren, Now listen, if you're going to suffer, don't suffer as an evildoer. Don't suffer persecution for doing wrong. If you're going to suffer, suffer for living like Jesus Christ. Suffer for being a Christian. If you're not suffering, you're too comfortable. I want to say that one more time. And I'm speaking to myself when I say this to you. If you're not suffering, you're too comfortable. And brethren, I started off with the fact that we are too comfortable. You give your life to the Lord, it's going to cause friction. Friction is inevitable. It is a necessary part of following Christ. Doesn't You don't desire it. You don't look for it. You don't try to make it happen. It's a natural consequence to giving your life to the Lord, to having your focus on heaven. But as I mentioned in the earlier part of this sermon When you do so Not only are there individuals that will hate you for it There are going to be those That love you for it This is one of the fruit This is a letter From Angela Camarda She is Trish's best friend At least I I think she is Uh, Trish is going nodding her head Okay And she wrote a letter that just made me cry. I want to share this with you because this is what happens when you give of your life to the Lord. This is what happens. And this is not the first letter. We've gotten more. But I'm wanting to share this because it shows what happens when you go outside of your comfort zone. Sermon that we dealt with earlier. When you go into those whose lives are messy. This is what can happen. Dear Mitch, Mrs. Wanda, Mrs. Georgia, Mrs. Shirley, Mr. Jim, and Mrs. Jillian, it's only 4 p.m. on Friday, and you've all just left, and God has really put it on my heart to write you and tell you how truly thankful I am for everything you do for me on a daily and weekly basis. I love each of you so much. I hope that one day I can give back to you and your church family what you what you do for not only me, but for every woman you have all come into contact with here at DS, DCSO. I don't think at my next destination, which is a federal prison, I will be able to find anyone that can or will be able to match the love that I feel from you all and the love I feel for you all. I will be gone by January 2015 from this place and I should be out of prison by 2017 I have every intention of staying in touch during that time because you all have become such a vital part of my life this is the fragrance, the sweet aroma brethren that I'm talking about I don't know what I'm going to do without my Friday classes please keep me and my children in your prayers over the next few years I figured I'd write to you all of this because you know I'm a crybaby and I'd never be able to say it in class. Once again, thank you for making a difference in my life. Y'all are amazing. Isn't that encouraging to hear? How encouraging that your walk as a citizen, not of this world, but of the kingdom of God can take someone's life and so drastically change it because your lives are sweet aromas to those who are searching for truth who are searching from getting away from all this yuck in this world Phil has said on a couple of occasions he's lived a silver spoon life is acknowledging Phil's taking the time to get to know lives that aren't like his. And it's become a meaningful life. More meaningful life, I would, I would say. Change. Refocus your citizenship. You'll get these kinds of letters. And if you don't get the letters, you know that the joy is the Lord's. That he has for you because you're showing. You're showing him. You're showing the world where your citizenship belongs. And I guarantee you, brethren, it is so encouraging. And I want to say to those who have not joined Christ, dying with him, being resurrected with him, this is the life that you're asked to live. It's a life of sacrifice. It's not easy. And as you know, becoming a Christian today is nowhere near as popular as it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's only getting worse. You're joining not a social club. You're joining a persecuted church. And there are many who are losing their lives outside of this country, some of them in this country, because of Christ. Where do you stand? Whose side do you belong to? Your citizenship can remain here. And you have an eternity of regret or your citizenship can be for an eternity with our god in heaven and we just have a short short tiny walk of a difficult life here in this world because this world's not our home you consider the invitation if you need to come to the lord come now take advantage of this invitation if you need to return to the lord return come now before it's too late for you